0: Welcome to this episode of Lake Forest on Topic. I'm your host Tim Finnegan. On this podcast we hope to give the residents of Lake Forest some information and insight into what's going on in the city and the people that make it happen. Today I'm talking with Marion Cartwright. Marion is one of the area's leading conservationists. After living in Lake Bluff she moved to Lake Forest with her family in 1996. Marion's been a longtime volunteer in community organizations that focus on our natural resources. She is the former co-director of the Garden at Elowah Farm. She has been involved for many years in the Lake Forest Open Lands Association, where she has taught educational courses, supported land restoration, served on the staff, and is currently a member of its Board of Governors. Marion was the site steward for MacArthur Woods, a 560-acre woodland to our west that is owned and operated by Lake County Forest Preserve District. She is an expert in conservation and land stewardship, organic vegetable gardening, and composting. As a leader of Green Minds Lake Forest Lake Bluff, Marion works to bring awareness to environmental issues and to encourage common sense practices that will help make our communities more sustainable. Marion grew up on the North Shore and attended New Trier High School and is a graduate of Dartmouth College. Marion, welcome to Lake Forest on Topic.
1: Thank you, Tim. Glad to be here.
0: So you grew up in the area, but not this town. Uh, What brought you back to the area and to Lake Forest and Lake Bluff in particular?
1: My husband's job after who a common well, reason. graduate school <laughs> Abbott labs called us in and we looked at Winnetka, Wilmette and we looked up here and said, what's not to love about Lake County, mm-hmm. all of the forest preserves up here, the ravines in Lake Forest and Lake Bluff proximity to work for a young family. It was a no brainer. And then I fell in, into Lake Forest open lands within the first year in real and Lake Bluff open lands mm-hmm. and realized I have a home here. I can help.
0: That's great. So, You've dedicated much of your life to issues around the land and its protection and preservation and conservation. Where did that passion come from?
1: I think it was there when I was born. It's what puts my feet on the floor every morning and causes me to open the curtain and open the door or the window. I have to put my head out first thing. I just feel a connection, and I feel that I want to leave this planet safer and healthier. It's just the way I am. And the way I live every day.
0: That's great. So how did you uh, first get invo- involved with Eloha Farm?
1: At the time, um, I was working for Lake Forest Open Lands as an environmental educator, giving engagement programs for the community. And a friend of mine, Dee Dee Borland, had her our eyes out for Elowah, and I'd been there to the site, and we realized, oh wow, there's a lot of potential there. And the city was struggling at the time, what to do with it, they had these visioning cent, uh, sessions uh-huh. over, they're very good at doing, I remember being at round tables, what can we do with those buildings? Um, how can we fix it, what can we do? And I realized, okay, I need to help here. Because- So,
0: so with Farms, the city took it over, it was, I assume it was a farm.
1: Yes, uh-huh. they did, Lake Forest Openlands originally had it okay. when they did a deal with Lake County Forest Reserve District, the school district, City of Lake Forest, it was a very complicated deal fascinating history there and then this like forest and selling selling the buildings and the 11 acres around it to the city realizing no we have a nature center elsewhere the city will take it and the city was trying to figure out then okay we have, own these buildings now what they're crumbling and so I went over there and stuck my spade in the ground, and I dug down, I kept finding black. I didn't hit clay like I do most places within six to eight inches. It was black soil all the way down. I knew there had been a historic garden. We all had access to historic photos, and I thought, well, this is a really incredible place for a market garden. I have worked in a market garden and studied in one right after I graduated from Dartmouth for two years, so I have that skill set of how to run a two-acre market garden, Mm -hmm. and I realized this could be a lot for the community this is a beautiful place i stood up on the top of the root cellar and looked west and went oh my goodness this is a vista mm-hmm. so we decided i i said we need to do this and it was all buckthorn and weeds yeah. at that time and the city said oh no 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 marian and didi no we got to fix the buildings first the garden is stage 4 that's way down the line we were just trying to figure out what to do with the buildings and didi and i said well tell you what just let us get started on the garden we won't ask you for anything we'll take care of it can we just get started on our own while you guys figure out the buildings they're like fine (laughs) so guess what the garden brought people back Uh the garden spoke that's what gardens do we dug we cleared everything uh, a lot of volunteer help and we put in the gardens we had kids all over the place kids out there for the whole summer helping us National Honor Society students, kids who need teen court hours to finish. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, we put the garden in, and that's when everybody went, wow, this is really cool out here. And then mm-hmm. the city found funding, and Alawa grew, and now is an incredible resource and a beautiful place. And I'm so happy that it's back.
0: Yeah, it's, it seems to be a very important part of our kind of natural resources within the, uh, the community.
1: Yes, yes, I agree with that.
0: And the garden still operates?
1: It's very successfully so. They've really taken off, yes. They've just put in a handicap access garden, which (laughs) meant a lot to me. Yeah? Yeah, my partner Dee has some of that, and I would have loved to have had that for her. It's there now. They're Uh really reaching out summer camps. They've done a wonderful job. That's great.
0: So you've worked extensively with Open Lands. You've mentioned that before. And and it's obviously a very uh, unique um, asset to the city in terms of as it grew from... Town of eight nine thousand to a town of eighteen nineteen thousand and all the development came along. How did you get involved uh, with open lands?
1: Well, to answer that, I started with Labola and Carolyn Getz back with their first preserve, um, and that got me interested in land trusts in general. And then when we moved to Lake Forest, um, I started volunteering every Tuesday morning with the land management staff. They let they they didn't have anyone who said, "Can I just come work?" (laughs) Really. Sure. Free <laughs> so labor. I, yeah. And I kind of know plants. Like, I really do know plants. I love plants. And I know the names of plants. And uh-huh. I know why they grow where they grow. This is what I read and study all the time. Uh-huh. I ramble a lot and learn about plants and who works with the plants, birds, insects. That's just me. Mm-hmm. So I, this was a natural step for me. And we got to going. And I've never looked back. I love doing land restoration. I love healing prairies and woodlands and savannas that are, are disappearing in front of our eyes. As you know, the prairie, we have less than 100th of 1% left in the state of Illinois. Savannah used to be a common land form. That's gone. And we can bring them back. We're finding remnants, we're finding what's supposed to be there, and we're rebuilding. It takes what, time. What are some
0: of the projects that you've done?
1: I've seen all of Lake Forest Open Land's newest preserves come online since they were purchased, mostly in West Lake Forest when they got a, a bond for education programs, and it's when they had to build an education program. I'm also an educator, for mm-hmm. an, so they we needed to do programs to qualify for the education bonds that helped float money to buy these preserves. So I was able to watch them come online and help bring them back from cornfields, from reed canary grass, from purple loosestrife, from buckthorn, infested places to actual functioning ecosystems that are still building the plant associations that take a 100 years to form, but I've been able to see that process. I've heard, I first started teaching at Melody Farm Preserve with almost nothing there it had just been a cornfield and a grass field and i'm supposed to be teaching education programs mm-hmm. but nature always provides <laughs> yeah. we did it and now i see what i get to teach from when i'm out there i'm like it's a whole, it's come back so seeing an ecosystem rebound under your care is probably the most profoundly satisfying experience for me i can think of
0: what what really sets the lake forest uh, and there are a lot of set asides and different you know building requirements or in different uh, areas. What sets lake force open Land's Foundation apart? You know, what makes it so beneficial to our community
1: sets so it okay why, oh. why it makes it so important to our town? I think every human being needs to feel a connection to the natural world because the planet needs us to take care of it as much as we need the planet to take care of us it 's a it 's reciprocity here. And to me, I teach reciprocity. You need the planet. The planet needs you. We need to take care of each other. We need to listen to each other's needs. I'm hungry. Feed me. I need you to farm sustainably. All of that is what weaves into what I did at Elowa. How do we grow things without hurting the soil? What I do with open lands? How do I get rid of buckthorn? with? Po- yeah, I use poison, but how can I minimize the use of poison? Mm-hmm. I am a certified herbicide applicator, although I'm an organic gardener. Mm-hmm. So I think... What I'm trying to say is everybody needs to have that, some tool in their tool bag to understand what nature is trying to tell us because we depend on it. Mm -hmm. And I like to build those connections in whatever way I can get people to engage with nature. And everybody does it differently, I've learned. There's no right or wrong way. You can't judge somebody from where you sit of what they're comfortable with in nature you got to meet them where they are and give them an experience. And does, Open Lands does that with the does, land.
0: Does, i just I'm curious, is there ever much pushback um, in the development community or in, in ah, the greater yeah. community against yeah. Open Lands taking over areas or restoring restoring them to what That's they were? That's a great
1: question. And I land trusts do face that across the country. You're taking away our tax dollars. Those are, you know, we could have developed that. Mm-hmm. And we know about that. That happened in Libertyville. We all watched that go on. And I, the Lake County Forest Reserve District has an incredible, beautiful PowerPoint that they give about the ecosystem services offered by open space to actually save residents and taxpayers millions of dollars a year in flood control, air quality, quality of life for health. Um, and open lands does the same thing. Many of our preserves are areas that could have flooded or were they to have been developed. Overdevelopment can create more flooding and more pollution. Um, so the, the the benefits are there. And also you can actually less, some of the infrastructure savings actually balance out over time. You need a balance of that. And the mm-hmm. one thing that I, I've learned from being on the board of open lands is we have some really savvy board members who understand development Mm -hmm. are developers but also understand how conservation and development can work hand in hand we were one of the first land trusts in the country to do a conservation development where you buy a parcel sell a piece of it to put houses on to pay for the parcel you saved that is now a very common way to save land in this country Mm -hmm. conservation development so we have two of them here in lake forest Mm -hmm. from open land so learning how to develop smart development is huge across this country and open lands is good at it was one of the forefront and i've learned from being in a group at a table of very savvy people yeah. they look to me for plant knowledge i look to them for all the finance stuff <laughs> and we get along great
0: that's great no that that really it, it really does you know just from a it's a great question a, you a asked. layman's perspective on open lands as a, as a resident that it's a, a very popular um, Thing I, I don't hear a lot of like we have many we we're trying to stop doing stuff. Everybody likes having these pockets of sure. of of natural land, not even parkland, natural land. Correct. You know, in their in their neighborhoods and in their uh, accessibility to take walks or dog walk or or view what used to be here, so to speak.
1: Correct. Yeah, and Lake County Forest Reserve. By the same token, look at the way the referendums have passed over the years. People understand it's not stealing tax dollars. is actually helping
0: mm-hmm.
1: our bottom lines as well as our
0: health. Speaking of, of the Lake County Forest Preserve, you're, you've been a site steward for MacArthur Woods. I know MacArthur Woods is just a little bit west of us. I've been over there a couple times back when my son was a Cub Scout, I think. Um, what does a site steward do?
1: Lake County Forest Preserve District has a volunteer stewardship network where they tr- entrust one of their preserves to somebody who knows enough to be able to run volunteer work days and do work themselves on their own because they know enough to do it right. And we met uh, every three months to talk about our preserves, what we were doing. They gave us equipment. They gave us training. They, you know, fire for control prescribed burn training, brush pile training, chainsaw training, herbicide training. They're there to back up their volunteers and they have an and so I knew they had this program because I had volunteered. That's mm-hmm. how you learn. The only way to do what I do is you get out and you do it. And then you know how to do it. You gotta get in the field and you mm-hmm. gotta do it with people who know what they're doing. And you just share. So I've been doing this for years, and they said, you know what, we have an opening. We just the site store just moved. And I said, Oh no, no, that's too special. That place, it is awe-inspiring in there. You walk in there and it's what it's supposed to look like, Tim. Mm-hmm. It's a rem it's mm-hmm. what we had. And they said, no, you can take take it. So I did. And I wish I could still do it, but I can't anymore. We bought a property. I'm too busy where I am. But that being as it was, it was six years of sheer bliss. I could just wander in there. And mm-hmm. you never really know where you are, but you kind of know where you are. You can still hear the road. It's big. And the former site steward said, Mary, you're going to get lost. I use a GPS in here. I worked for Motorola. I didn't do that. I followed my nose. I mm-hmm. knew where I was. And I knew where I needed to go because I'd seen a plant I needed to either pull or collect a seed from. You've got to know where that is. I've got to get back here. I'm going to come back here because it changes every season. So it was a pure, absolute Period of bliss. And speaking of Cub Scouts, I took Cub Scouts in there once. For, and we loved it. We had a blast together. I love working with Cub Scouts. But we did corporate work days. Uh-huh. And the really wonderful thing is when they call you the next year and said, oh, my gosh, we." they all said that's where they want to go back. They love being there. That's when you know you've made that connection. And getting people out of the office for the first time in an incredible one like that, you. Can, I can't explain to you how much fun it is. <laughs>
0: Sounds great. I did. Do you think the forest preserve, like, and again, Lake County Forest Preserve, is has done a great job and has lots of oh, sites? Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, do they do they get enough use? Do people appreciate them enough to get out there?
1: Yes, in Lake County, we really do have people, and they're by and large really responsible with what they're doing. I didn't see a lot of kind of wackos out there doing things. Like, Come on, this is a nature preserve. No, they get a lot of traffic, and I was constantly uh, horses. Runners, bikes, cross-country ski, any season there were people out there. And, uh, yeah, they'd see me working, and you wear a patch, so they'd ask questions. The, other, the one thing is when you see somebody trying to surreptitiously drop off a chipmunk from a live trap, you're like, no, 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 no,
0: no, you can't do that. That's not Removing them from their habitat. Oh, but,
1: yeah, people, and some people, that's why they're there. They want to blast as fast as they can on a bike. Now, if you go on a bike ride with Marion through the Des Plaines River Trail, get ready to stop (laughs) every once in a while. (laughs) But with Lake Forest Open Lands, when I ran the camp, I took kids in there. They'd never been in there, and their parents were like, wait, 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 what? We can take our kids. My child just went all the way up to 137, and wait, can I do that with my child? I'm like, yes, it's right here. So another way to make connections for families.
0: So uh, a thing you're more recently involved with, is the Green Mines of Lake Forest yeah. Lake Bluff. Tell me about that organization.
1: Yes, uh, that was started by a very wonderful Yuscherbacher Coppell, David Bendrin and a couple others. Um, and I was just snooping around, and we found each other. It doesn't take long for people
0: <laughs> like the, mine. In the conservation. Yeah, and the, I'd
1: actually been asked to start a kind of same thing. I'd been at meetings in Lake Bluff once when someone else tried to start an organization like this. but. No, Green Mines had traction, and they are a part of a consortium in Illinois called Go Green Illinois, which is Go Green Oak Park, Go Green Highland Park, Go mm-hmm. Green get There's a whole group in every municipality here. We just happen to be Green Mines, Lake Forest, Lake Bluff, as opposed to Go Green, Lake mm-hmm. Forest. But we're a part of that group, and we meet once a month on Tuesdays for talking about what we're all doing and how we can all share information. It's a fantastic website, the Go Green Illinois mm-hmm fantastic and go green minds is a part of that consortium and our focus is prime is lake forest and lake bluff we want to be based here what can we do here with people who live here to make our lives more sustainable and live in accordance with natural pr- principles what what can we do that people care about and what we choose to do is what our talents from volunteers bring to us we are volunteers We're open to anyone who lives or works or studies in either Lake Bluff or Lake Forest. And membership is free. You're welcome to join us. But what we do is who comes to the table to work and who's ready to do the work. So we have a website which has a whole good tab system of initiatives, and some of them are more active than others from year to year. This year, given who is the most active right now with all the time screens all people have, this year we're really focusing on Continuing with our home composting at home program, be, and also we're very excited that the city of Lake Forest is going to be offering curbside food waste pickup starting in fall. Really? And Lake yeah, isn't that great? And Lake Bluff started it a few years ago, so we know our both of our communities here, Green Mines, Lake Forest, Lake Bluff, will be having food curbside pickup. And it's interesting; you'd think it would be a no-brainer to get people to say, "Okay, I'll do that," but they don't. And there's been a hard time in, like, bluff getting it going. So, like, Forrest is learning well, it, from the hurdles. Does it hurdles. mean another
0: container, right? I mean, yeah.
1: And is it going to be icky? Is it going to be smelly? Yeah. How often do they come? Wait a minute. What? One week? It's going to stink? I don't know. What am I going to do with it during the week? Mm-hmm. Those are the kind of ick factor questions that we need to get up and over. And part of that is, well, why does it even matter in the first place? So we hope to educate. That's what we like to do, like you do here with what you're doing, is educate and bring out the facts So people can say, hmm, okay, I get it. That's important. And in the case of food waste, the city of Lake Forest has put out the data. If you look at what's in a garbage truck, an Mm -hmm. average garbage truck, 30% of it is food waste, wet, heavy stuff. That's amazing. Yeah, biomass, (laughs) it's wet. And uh, that's a tipping fee. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And that's landfill volume, which is at a premium, turns out. And the worst of it all is when anything like that organic – also, just wet cardboard that pizzas came in. Well, all of that organic stuff when it ends up in a landfill and is closed over, what does it become in the long term? Do you know what it becomes to? Methane Tim? gas. Correct. And methane gas is how much, how many times more powerful than CO2 up in the atmosphere uh-huh. as a greenhouse gas? 85 times more potent for blocking of uh, keeping the heat in. So it doesn't last as long as CO2 up there, but it's incredibly potent. So methane, and you can see what's always powerful over a visual image, where they take a infrared and they show you the methane yeah. going out of a landfill and you see this hot maroon, light pink, and it's it's visible from NASA. We are emitting a lot of methane from our landfills, and we can easily get rid of that by keeping all that out of landfills and putting that back into the soil where it should be. It's nutrients we need to bring back. So it's a no-brainer. I am a big fan of home composting, and I am the lead teacher for Lake Forest Open Lands for home composting only because I'm not trucking all of that food waste from point A to B and then back to point A. It's staying at point A. Yeah. And I can do it year-round. I can even compost in the winter. How do I do that? It's all on our website. We had a little video with our FAQs. And Green Mind sat down with Dan Martin, a wonderful city employee, long ago, and said, hey, you know, you could give away these compost bins at a screaming deal. They usually would cost 140 something You can sell them for 55 and if you buy them in bulk, and so it's the most commonly used municipal food composter. Uh-huh. And he said, okay, let's do it and they've been selling that earth machine now and mm-hmm. it's not my favorite composter but i know why it it's a good municipal one it's because it's it's rodent proof and it doesn't smell and it's low profile it's very handy in the winter when you just want to pop out the back door when it's 10 degrees below zero yeah. and pop it in there go back in mm-hmm. so it's a great municipal close to your neighbor type compost, but it's not the only way to compost. So anyway, what I'm trying to say is Green Minds gets it. We need people to compost, and whether they, they don't want to do it at home or they live in an apartment or a duplex and they, or neighbors are against it, now the City of Lake Forest is going to be offering this fall curbside pickup, which will include meat scraps, which we can't put in our compost. So that's, it's going to be really great, and Green Minds wants to help the city push that out sure. and you guys can too with a podcast like this yeah I need
0: some promotion yeah and, and some sure education what to do so and that's one it, right.
1: thing green minds is focusing on is food waste reducing food waste and there are other ways to do that too we have a whole food waste link and one of our summer interns pauline drogi who i worked with created a, a powerpoint on yes. how to reduce food waste it's, uh, it's um, I, When I go out to dinner at people's houses, I am amazed when I, you know, look in the garbage or I watch what's going on, how much food ends up <laughs> sure. in the trash. It's just sure. really easy. It's just so easy. So I'm it's just an alternative. It's easy to do. We're trying to take away all those hurdles and make it something that's just a lifetime. I can't imagine life without composting. I can't. It's like life without earrings. I just, <laughs> I got to have a place to put my stuff. So, so that's so one that's of one. the, you know, <laughs> on the
0: website I looked at, right, there are, I think, about 10 different initiatives yes. composting is one. Are there any other Yes, priorities? thank you
1: for getting me back on track. So this year, the other one will be continuing our programs and education about how to reduce plastic use, particularly single-use plastic, huge issue. Microplastics, turning into nanoplastics, facing problem around the world. We all have heard about this, mm-hmm. I think. So we uh, offer education programs about how to refuse plastic in your home, how to go into your kitchen and go pitch the plastic. I'm just going to challenge my family. I'm not going to use any plastic in my kitchen. What does that look like? How do you do that? And then we also are talking about how to recycle properly. We help the city of Lake Forest with their Bart the Cart campaign. Uh, which was paid for by the Garden Club I'm a member of. I'm very proud of what that the Card has brought down the contamination rate significantly, saving the city a lot of tax money. Contamination amount. rate being you know, bins things going into the bins me. that
0: shouldn't be there, and then the recycling company is like, eh.
1: eh. You got it. Yeah, so that has saved us tax dollar money up to the, to the tune of $50,000 per year and will keep going up better all the time as mm-hmm. we get better and uh... so we help with that and one of the members on our board um, marcus norman of norman design was the designer of the person who they marketing guy who they planned who did the bart the cart campaign and green minds was quietly behind the scene helping we like being a part of a city where we can be assisting to people in the city let them do their job and help them can we give you legs for any ideas we're right here for you if you'd like us to help push and out the city's ideas. a good partner they are a good partner i the city staff i learned this when i worked at ella farm that was owned by the city. When I needed something, I picked up the phone, and the city staff respected me. They respected Elowa, and they were there for me. Same thing with Green Minds. We get we did a wonderful Earth Month with Mike Strong when he was assistant city manager, put out all kinds of ideas during the month of April a couple years ago. He c- reached out to Green Minds. We were more than happy to help. And Deer Path Middle School, we help over there, same way. And now the city's gotten involved. They loved our idea of having the Deer Path Middle School kids make signs for no, no idling why idling can hurt their young lungs and the city the environmental sustainability committee said let's let's work with the deer path middle school this is what i'm talking about tim community when you live in a place you've got the school district the park district the city staff green mines lake forest lake block all working together Understanding others, each other's needs. How can we make this place a better, healthier place? Mm-hmm. That's what it's all about when you are a part of a town.
0: So I understand the City of Lake Forest has an Environmental Sustainability Committee as part of its City Council. How do your How does your organization interact with them?
1: Well, the Environmental Sustainability Committee, which is comprised of three aldermen, um, is a wonderful new committee, and. Green Minds was so happy when it started, and Weeks often will just sit in and listen at the meetings that they have. There are public meetings, of course, all city meetings are. And this they're charged with coming up with what seems the most relevant for the city to take on as an environmental initiative that fits into the City of Lake Forest Sustainability Plan. And yes, there is a very well thought out sustainability plan for the city. So they look at what's in that plan, how can we meet the benchmark goals of the plan, what would be the lowest hanging fruit that would really make different, what does the staff thinks that we should be doing, and what is what are residents asking, and that's what the charges of these three aldermen, to look at all of that and come through with initiatives that they feel are salient for the community. So right now, for example, Green Mines has sat in and given them some ideas about a community garden they want to start over their for working on where to site it we've talked about siting wonderful to have a community garden for people the environmental sustainability committee was really helpful in pushing this whole idea of community solar for those people in lake forest who can't put up solar panels because the roof doesn't face the right direction or there's too much shade or they're in a homeowners association they can't have solar panels well that's okay the city is in a consortium with other municipalities where you can buy into a community solar which is a huge solar panel array somewhere in a field in illinois which is able to join the grid and then we help buy that power to subsidize that community solar array and the cities that are doing this are helping boost more and more solar energy in the state of illinois and our city of lake forest is a part of a very successful consortium and you can just sign up to be a part of a community solar and you'll be helping support you'll still get your energy your same electricity the same way from ComEd but you know you're supporting clean renewable energy in Illinois by signing up and and the ESC is all behind that so good for our city to have this committee and Green Minds really embraces them and we try to help whenever we can and just listen be good listeners for what the ESC is trying to accomplish
0: so is you know another city initiative to our, yeah. just to our north here Lake Bluff has uh, a seasonal ban on gas powered leaf blowers and, right. and my understanding is you know it's both uh, noise pollution as well as air pollution that is one of the big behind it. Do you know has there been much pushback around that? Is that something you know Lake Forest can seriously consider doing as well?
1: It's a great question and um, Lake Forest and Lake Bluff were a part of a regional Um, gas power leaf blower uh, deep dive examinations and Go Green Illinois, which I spoke about earlier, was very much a part of pulling that together. And they all sat together, all these communities on the North Shore saying, okay, why do we need gas power leaf blowers? Why do we need to blow leaves? What do the landscapers need? What's the problem with them in terms of pollution and irritation from homeowners? Let's talk about all of this together, everybody. It was a really wonderful consortium and they came out with recommendations and every municipality can then take those back it's published mm-hmm. you can see it and decide what fits for our community and every community is different and lake bluff and lake forest as similar or as they are, are slightly different um, the ban is just between the months of i believe it's uh, maybe around May 1st to October 1st yeah, it's, is, it's, is, it's all It's just a seasonal thing where you're just mowing and at the end you don't have to blow every blade of grass back off the sidewalk because the wind will eventually do that. or sweep it. use, use rake broom. It's so little. You just, it's, so it's not asking a lot. but every commu- and so Lake Bluff did it, but I, I understand the city of Lake Forest said we'd rather educate why you don't need that than regulate people having to do that. Um, and there are certain times when you just might need one, and you don't want... And the other thing is enforcement. How do you enforce something yeah, like sure. that? The police aren't going to do that. And neighbors don't want to turn each other in. You have to learn to talk to your neighbors. You're not going to enforce. So I understand where we are in this town, and so to answer your question, Lake Bluff is trying it, and like Forest it's a it's always up for discussion and it has been discussed at many city council meetings and for now we're hoping to educate people so that's another thing green minds does is a whole idea about why leaves are really wonderful embrace your leaves leave your leaves use your leaves they're solid gold make it fun make it accessible and tell people well you know what? you can ask your land scaper to do this if you don't want to do it yourself they can chop them with fun more of have got and they'll just put them where you want them it's it's really great you're li- and uh, so i'm not for or against i am i don't like to be against grass powered leaf blowers i like to be for using the leaves where they drop because they are valuable and i am for using living mulch not just mulch we are really into mulch it's an aesthetic That people feel like it's what I'm supposed to do because everybody else has just this it's wood chips, it's excuse me, shredded bark or shredded hardwood, and it's down and it's a pretty thick, inert layer. And then you've got a, a tree and a shrub sticking up, and not too many plants, and then all this nice, clean mulch, and you put on every spring. And it's dead because no insect can drop. If a caterpillar that is what's been feeding birds all their for their fledging tries to drop into that mulch, that dead wood mulch and tries to pupate and become an adult, it can't. It has to drop into leaves or other plants. So I am into the web of life, the circle of life and my beds are mulched with chopped leaves or I have a living mulch, which is a living plant, a sedge, a ground cover of some Mm -hmm. kind that is a functioning ecosystem. I have watched out my window as birds are foraging They can't forage in that wood mulch. There's nothing there and they can't get into it. So I watch them scrape, scrape, scrape. Their little feet go pick, 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 And I'm watching them go back to their nest with whatever they found and I'm going, okay, I have a functioning little ecosystem going here because I'm using what nature gave. Mm -hmm. I ramble in woods. I know what it looks like when you just follow a natural cycle and it's so abundant and so varied and so beautiful. So my aesthetic is a little different I had one guy come to a yard and said, too many plants, Marion. Because <laughs> it is. I don't want to weed. i got better things to do than weed all day long, I still weed. But I have a living mulch or chop leaf mulch.
0: So That's what I'm for. So we, we, we have a very natural landscape at uh, the Cartwright homestead. <laughs> yes, come on over. Uh, we're composting yeah, oh, at the yeah. Cartwright oh, uh, yeah. homestead. I also understand <laughs> that you've gone solar yes. and, and heat pumps for... Um, your uh, your comfort in the house? Yes. Um, tell me about that and uh, how successful an investment has that been?
1: And, and the city of Lake Forest wants us to do this. All, I'm all in. You know, electrify now. Uh, yeah. We, um, when we bought this house, I knew one of the reasons I bought it is because it had the right slope aspect, the right roof to put on solar panels. It was a part of what I was looking for. And if I were to buy a house now, I'd be looking for a house that has solar panels as a plus. Um, and I feel that if you have a roof that you can put a solar panel on, you got to go for it. I mean, if you don't, we're all frying. It's getting really hot out there.
0: <laughs> Apparently we're setting records yeah, in the let's, southeast. Yeah, let's uh, just
1: go for it. So it's the sun's beating down, let's use it. Uh, yeah, and it's free. And they did they cost up front, but we the minute our wood shake roof timed out and we knew it would because we bought the house when it was old, that thing came off and we put on a very attractive architectural asphalt shingle. And some people think that's a downgrade in Lake Forest. They're like, oh, no, 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 you got to have the wood shingle it values yeah. your house. And I really think that's going to change when people realize, I want to put a solar panel on, and it doesn't really work on wood shingles. Those solar panel guys are like, you know, it's not going to be as good as a view had. And we, we almost look at the hybrid roof where mm-hmm. you can have wood, but you have the one little part that's asphalt for your solar panels. You can look into that if you want to consider a solar panel. But we are roof timed out. Off came the wood, on went asphalt, and then down went the solar panels in rapid succession. Uh, We hired CertaSun. Sun. We really like that company. Their panels are made in a far more sustainable way than a lot of other panels have been made. They're a United States company, and they make them in a more sustainable way, which is a part of what I I factor in. Mm -hmm. They last for um, 40 years with a 25-year guarantee. That's a really long guarantee. Um they cost us nineteen thousand dollars to put on. We could have gotten a bridge loan to when the rebates came back if we needed it. We chose not to do th- to do that. We just put the money aside, paid up front, and then the rebates started coming in. So we got a thousand dollars from the Sierra Club that came right away. We got we got a rebate from the state of Illinois for six thousand five hundred and eighty-five dollars. And we're going to get um a rebate from the federal government for five thousand dollars. Um, next year, because you have to file for mm-hmm. it, so that brought the price down a lot. Yeah, and we will have paid ourselves back, and that will start making money within nine to ten years on their savings.
0: Because uh, and because so we your are electric, are you supplying pretty much all your electricity? Or good question.
1: Right, in the winter we're probably pulling more off the grid than we are making our solar panels. We are, but in the summer we are so far ahead and going. It's going. We, what we pull off from the grid, we're sending more back. So we're, we're banking. Those credits roll over. So in the winter, we get to use those credits. So our, our electric bill is basically just the cost of having the line. The transmission. Yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. So net metering is great. So that was that. And then we, we bought a house. with It was old. It was going to get torn down. We said, no, 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 we'll fix it. And the gas furnaces died in one and then the other. And that, that gas is king in the Midwest. It's inexpensive. And it mm-hmm. is what most contractors know to do. Mm-hmm. And we looked for a contractor who understood she doesn't want gas. They want to go electric. They want a heat pump. And that should be common. That should be like, oh, the first default is it should be. That's where we're headed now. Heat pumps are going to be a single most important thing a homeowner can do. Solar panels, heat pumps, and getting rid of the gas stove. Those are things we can all do that will make a big difference if we all do it. Um, to get rid of these emissions. So we knew, and we put in heat pumps, first one. And the heat pump is, we have two zones in our house. It's a ranch. It does both cool and heat, Mm -hmm. one thing, with two posts connected by refrigeration lines. So the heat pump, it's a complicated system. It's really fun to learn about. But basically, it's not creating heat by burning something. It's transferring heat from the air one place to another, With a little help from a condenser. Fantastic technology. Super efficient. So we have two heat pumps now. The gas furnace, we had to have a backup because of the configuration of our house. Some houses in Lake Forest and Lake Bluff will be able to get by without a backup furnace. You just need to get a contractor who comes in, looks at your system. Do you have air ducts, or do you have radiators, or do you have radiant heat? What's your heat source now that you're going to replace? And then there's a heat pump for every kind of heating HVAC system out there. They have a lot of different kinds of heat pumps. Geothermal is a type of heat pump. You Mm -hmm. could even do that. So it's electrical. It's run with electricity. They're super-efficient Electricity is going to become cleaner and cleaner in this country. So all of a sudden, we're making a difference. So a heat pump is something, get the right contractor, do your homework. We love it. It is whisper quiet. We have a Bosch. It's outside the bedroom window, and I am very sensitive to noise. Can't hear it. It's whisper quiet. That's Love it. And our house, it's so good to have that. It feels so good to know I'm running on electric. It, it's great. And with the solar panels, we're net metering. If someday the batteries, ca- the way they make batteries gets cleaner mm-hmm. <clears throat> without all that lithium and the cost of a battery, we would love to go ahead and keep that energy. But for now, the ComEd net metering program is working very smoothly. You don't even know anything's happening. Nobody's watching me. Mm-hmm. Nobody's me- It's seamless. Insert a sun, the company that installs, make sure everything's fine. They know if a panel's not working, they'll fix it. It, it's a it's good it's working I highly recommend it if anybody has a few hurdles to get over or a spouse who's like I don't know call me <laughs> come on over and we went through all of that together my husband and me and uh, we're both really happy that's great
0: so you know we talked about a lot of stuff that yeah, uh, individuals sorry. can do and you know what's happening in the community but if, if there was one or two things that you would really like to see mm-hmm. everybody in the community kind of step up to, to negate the uh, impact they have uh, sure. on the environment and climate change and greenhouse gases. What, what is it that you would really encourage people to do that you know that they can do?
1: I love that question. Thank you for asking it. First of all, because I'm an educator deep down, I would get their family outside. And get them involved in a nature program because we've got to build the next generation's appreciation. That's why I am who I am. I've spent so much time outside. Can
0: we make a nature app? Yeah. No. (laughs)
1: Got to get them out there. Yeah. They can bring their phone. They can take pictures. They can look up something. That's a powerful computer in your tool, bag in your pocket. Get your kids outside. That's number one and probably the most important because there's a lot of different things we can do, but we have to want to do it. So teach your kid to fish. Don't give them a fish. Get them out there if you're a family. Two, as I've said, you, three things in your own home is don't throw food waste in the landfill. That's a low-hanging fruit you can easily fix. S- figure out how to reduce plastic and refuse it wherever possible. And uh, as soon as you can, run, don't walk, for a heat pump, And for solar panels and for an induction oven and get rid of all that gas. That's all. And we can all do it. We all have the resources, and there are now rebates out there that were not available to us when we put our first heat pump in. Those are what I would suggest. And the government is offering rebates now, which are helping. Now is a good time to do it. The rebates are out there. So those are the things. Get outside, food waste, reduce plastic. That's great. Go electric.
0: Well, Marion, thanks uh, so much for talking with me today. It was really interesting. And thanks for everything you do for the city and for our planet. Make it a little more livable.
1: Thanks for this podcast.
0: Lake Forest on Topic is a production of the Lake Forest for Transparency organization. To learn more or leave some feedback, go to LF4Transparency.com. That's LF4Transparency.com. This podcast is produced by Jennifer Karras and John Turkla. Sound engineering is by John Turkla. I'm Tim Finnegan. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. And get outside.